emergency medicine is one of the very few things that people recognize as like something that everybody deserves. Um, and so it almost goes back to the basics of, oh, like you're a human being and like you're experiencing an emergency or a medical crisis, like you deserve to have care. It's so different from the rest of how like the US healthcare system works. And I really like appreciate that baseline, like everybody deserves this just because we like value human life. Welcome back to COVID Lessons, a Tufts Observer podcast series documenting the growth of students, faculty, and workers during the pandemic. We're your co-hosts, Sylvia Wang and Caitlin Duffy. In episode two, we interviewed Lynn Cooper, the Catholic chaplain at Tufts, as we explored the ideas of faith and loneliness. This episode, we spoke with Nirav Gade, an EMT or emergency medical technician, who also is the executive director of TEMS the Tufts University Medical Services. We also interviewed Delaney Griffith, another EMT in the program. TEMS members are the first responders to any medical call on the Medford-Somerville campus. Traditionally, members of TEMS work 10 to 14 hour shifts twice a week. During these shifts, members go about their days as normal students, attending classes, going to dining halls, doing work, etc but are expected to drop everything as soon as a call comes in. COVID-19 has brought about heavy restrictions on all areas of life on campus, including the work of EMTs. In this episode, we will be discussing how the experience of EMTs has changed this year, from adhering to new protocols to shifting their expectations as medical providers, and some of the truths about essential workers that this pandemic has shed light on. This is COVID Lessons, Emergency Care and Crisis. My name is Nirav. I am a junior studying community health and food systems and nutrition, and I'm the executive director of TEMS. Nirav was first drawn to TEMS after seeing students in the organization around campus and asking them about their experiences. First of all, just my freshman and sophomore year of seeing students who were EMTs near on campus and had uniform on and like the radio and stuff, it was just very appealing to me. I don't know. <laughs> but something that I really liked was one of my good friends was on TENS. And I remember asking him about it and he was, it's actually such a cool organization because it's completely student run. So the board is comprised of a bunch of freshmen through juniors and we really rely on like peer-to-peer learning which i thought was really really cool because instead of having this like hierarchy where you have professor or like instructor or like your boss um telling you what to do it's sort of more collaborative and that you're all students you're all sort of coming from the same place and you're just teaching each other and like going through this experience together so that was something that was really unique to tem that i really liked and then campus ems is just like so fun because i feel like you get to see a lot of parts of campus that you normally don't so it really has helped to grow my relationship with tufts it's made that relationship a lot stronger And this is Delaney, who, despite having graduated, is still volunteering at Thames as an EMT. So my name's Delaney Griffith. I'm a senior, but I actually graduated last fall, so I'm a graduated senior. Um, One of the cool things about Thames, though, is that we can continue to volunteer if we graduate early, so that's kind of exciting. I've been an EMT since the summer before I came to Tufts four years ago, 
and I joined Thames in my freshman fall. When all students were told to evacuate campus last March, all Thames operations were abruptly put on hold. When Thames was allowed to go on calls again in the fall of 2020, there were some changes to their usual routines due to heavy restrictions, and the Thames members had to balance their safety as students with the sense of duty they felt as EMTs. When we had to come back, we were kind of faced with this barrier from the administration into actually working again because they sort of, I mean, reasonably so, they were like, you guys are students. We are like, we can't put you guys in danger, so to speak, by sort of allowing you, giving you an exception to the rule, like from every other student and like allowing you to go see, you know, sick people when that's not at all what you're supposed to be doing as students. And so we kind of had to like go back and forth with them and sort of argue we're also, you know, medical providers, like certified EMTs, and we were hired by the Department of Public Safety to do this work for our campus. So we eventually got to a point where we were able to operate, but under very, very strict conditions. There was a lot of frustration about that, especially last semester. And just given how many restrictions that we had, we were barely going to any, we were barely responding to anything, even though they were there. So people were like calling 911, but they would get rerouted to outside EMS instead of having Thames respond to them, which was super frustrating. So, you know, reasonable, I guess, from the perspective of like the administration who saw us more like students and not like medical providers, but frustrating on our end, since we saw us as like certified medical providers. And so, yeah, there was just a lot of, you know, changes in terms of like who could take shifts. So people living on campus were not allowed to take shifts. Personal Protective Equipment, or PPE, used to be only for medical care professionals, but now the general public must use it, and medical care professionals must double or triple the amount of PPE that they used in the pre-COVID era. The most significant difference from last year, though, is that TAMS is being conditionally dispatched to take medical calls based on the COVID risk factor. So what's really kind of special about Tufts is that we have our own I like to call it our command center, which basically means that all emergent and non-emergent calls that come into the Tufts campus um, are handled by Tufts employed dispatchers. So whenever you call um, the Tufts emergent or non-emergent number, it's on the back of everyone's ID. The people you're talking to are actually Tufts employees. So that kind of made it possible for when all this was going on, we were able to ask the dispatchers if they can sort of screen calls. And that meant that when the dispatchers call and like are talking with the patient or a bystander, they ask a set of COVID questions. And based on the college response to that question, TEMS may or may not be dispatched. So no matter what, EMTs are being dispatched. They'll just send outside agencies if it's deemed that the person might be at risk for COVID. Through the screening, questions were asked about the caller's COVID-19 symptoms. According to the CDC, the virus can present itself in over 10 symptoms, from serious ones like fever and shortness of breath to common ones like nausea and congestion. Because their list outlined such a broad range of symptoms, TEMS often wasn't dispatched due to COVID risks, and there were days when they only received one or two calls. So I would say at the beginning of last semester when we were, we were so restricted, we definitely were getting a lot less calls than we normally did. And it wasn't that on campus, there were less emergencies happening. It just meant that Thames wasn't going to them. Most calls were rerouted to other EMT agencies due to the COVID risks. 
Additionally, the administration placed housing restrictions that barred many Thames members from taking any shifts at all. Basically, the thought process was like, if we were to get in like close contact with somebody who had COVID, the safest thing would be to just not let anyone who was on campus work because they were the ones who were like living in dorms and like a lot of people were going through common spaces, like sharing bathrooms, all that stuff. So the initial housing restriction was that nobody who lived on campus could work. And that really, that was tough (laughs) because that was almost half of the organization. And so we got down to like, I think like 12 or like 14 TENS members in the fall when that was in place. And then towards the end of end of the semester, they sort of like grew a little bit more lenient and changed that policy a bit. So that's still where we're at now. And the new restriction is if you live on campus, you can take shifts, but it has to be in very specific housing situations, which includes a single or a double or triple where all of the roommates are on Thames. So basically, if you live on campus with anyone who is not a TEMS member, you can't work. And so, you know, that that definitely helped a lot, but it wasn't it wasn't everyone. And so we still have like, I want to feel like six or seven people on TEMS who've just like never taken a shift, which which is sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I, I feel like we just like pick our battles and hopefully next semester they will be able to. Usually, there are three to four EMTs per shift, but now it's been reduced to two. TEMS members have to wear a lot more PPE for every call, regardless of what the patient's symptoms are. TEMS policy has also changed in that there are usually two members on a team, but now, depending on the severity of the situation, only one of those members can make patient contact. So, of course, if it is a very serious emergency, patient care comes first, and both EMTs will go in. They will make contact and we will take care of that patient. Patient care is number one. If it's something a little less severe, got a, got a cut and they just want us to, you know, manage blood flow, not a severe cut, just, you know, they need a little bandage or they've ruled their ankle and they just want us to splint it for them. Then really only one EMT needs to be making contact. So the other EMT will stand six feet away. They might be asking questions to bystanders and that sort of thing, but only one person will be within that bubble and that just prevents contact. Both Delaney and Nirav expressed the frustration that many members felt towards the restrictions, since their limited roles during the pandemic didn't fulfill their mission as EMTs. Something that is like the most exciting part and why we are all EMTs is that you get to go help people. And it's especially the very special thing about Thames is that you're helping people within your community, people you can relate to. It's very easy to put yourself in the shoes of an student Thames, I'd say, and that gives us a special level of empathy and compassion when we provide care to people. So it was definitely a little bit discouraging at the beginning of last semester when you might have a whole shift without a call, or you might have gone an entire semester without having a call or only having two calls. It's definitely a bummer because, you know, the main reason that we do EMS is so that we can go on calls. We don't just do it to sit around in our uniforms all day. Nirav elaborated on how they managed this frustration within the team. A lot of them voiced that frustration, and we've been trying to sort of like incorporate things that they can do outside of like taking shifts and like really just emphasizing to them like 
just because you can't respond to calls doesn't mean that like you're not a part of this organization or anything like that. Like you're still very like valued, like you still are, you know, clinically skilled and competent and stuff. But yeah, it was definitely frustrating given that like the reason that you join an EMS agency is to help people like in the field the main part of your job is like taken away from you. It's kind of like, what's the point? <laughs> By the end of the 2020 fall semester, the administration lifted the restrictions a little with the understanding that the slightest symptom may not necessarily indicate a high COVID risk. This also corresponded to evolving CDC, Center for Disease Control, policies. Though the virus initially spread rapidly across the world, evolving research about how the virus actually spreads has allowed greater leniency with original policies. After, you know, a couple months into the, into the fall semester, they said, okay, I think that this is such a wide umbrella and that we can broaden what they can respond to because there are so many things that it's pretty clear based on what the person's saying that this isn't a COVID-related emergency. But I gave the dispatchers a little more leeway and, all right, you know, this is COVID, so we're definitely not going to dispatch them, or this could be COVID, we're definitely not going to dispatch TEMS versus, oh, you know, this person's probably having an allergic reaction, and even though they're having some stomach-related issues, it's likely not COVID. With the turn of the new year and the increasing production of the new COVID vaccines, the government released a rollout plan in which people were placed into phases depending on the age, exposure to risk due to their job, living situation, and health conditions. TEMS members were eligible for vaccines in the phase one of vaccine rollout, which started in January of 2021. Since being vaccinated, TEMS has been able to answer more calls, and the number of calls increased from an average of one or two a week to five a week. TEMS got vaccinated in two waves. So one was mid-January when people who were local were able to drive uh, back to Somerville and get, the, get their first vaccine then. And we all got the Moderna vaccine. So that's you get your first one and then 28 days later, you'll get your second. So by the time the second rolled around, everyone was back at campus. We sort of used that as leverage to the administration and drafting a new policy. And they approved that pretty much instantly. And so now at this point, since everyone on Thames is fully vaccinated, we can respond to just any call that happens on campus, regardless of symptoms, regardless of COVID status. And so, you know, we're almost back to like 100% of just like being able to go to anything, but there are still a few things that are not the same. So some of the housing restrictions are still there. Some of the PPE restrictions are still there. Obviously, that is like a good thing, though, because we want to be safe. But just in terms of like normalcy, we haven't gotten all the way back, but we've definitely made some strides. Delaney highlights Tam's response time and how they will finally be able to respond to all of the severe medical calls that were previously rerouted due to COVID risks. We're talking about how we become EMTs to save lives and what's really great and to help people. Thames is that we guarantee a five minute response time and our average response time is right over three minutes. So when it is one of these very severe situations, Thames gets there so quickly and is really able to, especially in calls when time is very critical, like Thames gets there so fast. So it'll be great if someone is having difficulty breathing because they have asthma and it's really severe and they need albuterol. We can get there quickly and we can administer that to them. Or someone's having an allergic reaction and they're having difficulty breathing, we can get there quickly with an EpiPen. Delaney stresses the overarching importance of health in everything that we do, which is ultimately the reason behind all of the restrictions to begin with. 
there's so many things that we take for granted. And when it comes down to it, the most important thing will always be our health. And that if you don't have, if you're not healthy, if you aren't well, then everything else you have is, you know, is minute. So just kind of remembering like health is key. And when that was very, that was proven when our whole country had to go into lockdown because of a health crisis. And that just shows like one, how important healthcare is and how important taking care of ourselves is and following these public health policies. But also it, it puts things into perspective. And while I think it's very easy for young people our age to say, oh, I miss, you know, going out and I miss even silly things like going to the library and not being worried or <laughs> meeting people without a mask on. The most important thing is our health. And, and that's part of why, you know, we love being EMTs. Hopefully a lot of other people in the world got that message this year. Essential workers served on the front lines of the pandemic, delivering food, bagging groceries, cleaning streets, working in public transportation, hospitals, and so much more. Yet, coronavirus has exposed a harsh reality of our society, that these people have been consistently undervalued. Delaney highlights their importance. I think you were talking about the essential workers. And I hope people also take away from this whole pandemic that the jobs and the careers and the people that we think are the most, you know, our society deems the most successful or most important are not necessarily the people that, when it comes down to a crisis, are essential. And so kind of restructuring how we value people and their jobs, I definitely think is something that we should take out of out of all of this and remind ourselves that maybe society doesn't put value in the right place and that maybe everyone can be a little bit kinder to each other when it comes down to it. Along the same vein, Nirav talks about the important yet often overlooked structural components that contribute to health disparities. As a result of his experience during the pandemic, he feels a strong connection to other essential workers in different fields. I don't know if this is just the pandemic, but like, I think I realized that there's so much more work to be done in terms of like structural inequities that COVID has really, really laid bare. And so that's definitely a big lesson that I'm taking away is the structural causes of things really matter. And I think I'm just more appreciative of like the work that everything, like everyone does. And I'm, I'm noticing the intersections of medical care and, you know, like administrative work and what we called like essential workers at the beginning of the pandemic, right? I'm like noticing how like everyone in the society is like trying to help out like each other. And that's, that's a really cool thing to see. That was Delaney Griffith and Nirav Gade on how their work as EMTs in Thames has changed this past year and their key takeaways from their experiences. One thing's for sure, COVID-19 has exposed harsh realities of our society that must be addressed as we navigate a return to normalcy, hopefully soon. And as Thames's call volume rises back to its pre-pandemic numbers, members will finally be able to do the work that they joined to do in the first place. Our next episode explores the work of student employees in Tufts Dining Services and their transition from simply working an on-campus job to being considered an essential worker. We'll get a glimpse of dining services behind the scenes and discuss its changes this year. This episode was written and produced by Sylvia Wang and Caitlin Duffy, with the help from Florence Almeida and Sophia Pertel. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>